Welcome to Radio Trivia Podcast Edition. This is episode 43, take two. <laughs> yes, that's right, take two. Um, I recorded this uh, uh, almost a week ago, to be honest, with uh, James Charlton, our, our Japanese correspondent. And um, because I mentioned, to, I don't know if it was you, Johnny, or if it was James, but I had a conversation about how Radio Trivia rarely has these uh, these tragic losses of audio and uh, so sure enough, on uh, James C.'s uh, Macintosh um, with Audacity, uh, <laughs> it, it completely the, buckled yeah, on him the, 45 the minutes Mac in. The Mac version of Audacity kind of sucks. Yeah, I, I, I told him to get the more recent version, but he may need to use a different program. The, the point the, is... The it, program you want to use is called, I think, Audio Recorder. That's what Carl uses, yeah. Really? Okay, well, we'll give that memo to... Uh, to uh, James C., although I guess he'll get it because he listens to this podcast. There you so, go. Uh, there you go. Uh, so, uh, fortunately, the way this uh, radio trivia works, it's not such a big deal to record the same stuff again as long as I have a different host. Because, <laughs> uh, it, unlike RFN, where you have like four people and it's sometimes very topical, you know. Mm. Uh, stuff, or if you wait a week, uh, so, so it's, 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 usually it was topical back when we recorded it. It may not be topical by the time people can download it, but <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, we're trying it again. It's going to be the same set list. I, I did tweak uh, one or two of the songs because, in retrospect, I thought uh, there were some bad selections. But um, well, I don't know what any so, of them were in the first place, so I'm totally exactly. in the blind here. I'm playing along with those and, at home. Uh, and, and I appreciate Johnny uh, taking some time out of his busy schedule to uh, to record this. And it has been busy lately, man. I just finished recording an extra episode of RFN, so uh, yeah, this is my third podcast this week, and uh, <laughs> I, it's been pretty crazy at school too. Actually, um, the first part of the week, my old friend Taylor was visiting in town. Some of you who've been listening to Radio Trivia for a very long time might remember Taylor. Back when we were roommates, he would sometimes sort of sit in and heckle the show when we did the oh, live yeah. version. Um, and he yeah. would always call me Tip, and I always got mad at him for calling <laughs> me Tip. <laughs> That's why he called you Tip. <laughs> exactly. He knows how to push a person's buttons. But we had a really fun time while he was here, but just, uh, you know, I live alone normally, so having a person in my apartment for any length of time is sort of very disruptive to my lifestyle and right. to my mental well-being. I mean, I'm used to having a lot of quiet time where I can sort of regenerate, and when you have somebody staying with you for almost two weeks, you don't get that, and, uh, and so I'm kind of still recovering from that and a lot of aftermath at school, and yeah, it's been crazy. There, but I'm there, ready John. to go, radio, and I, I want to get the show rolling as soon as possible, because last episode, you guys spent 30 minutes on the first game, and uh, <laughs> I vowed that I wouldn't let that happen the next time I host it. All right. Well, any comments on, on games from last week? Because I know that... I, I had plenty. Like. I mean, I was I freaked out. I've heard the, heard the first few notes of Shadowrun, and I almost said out loud, Shadowrun! Because, I mean, I'm, I'm a really big fan of that game, and, uh, and I love the music. It's really cool. It, is. it just doesn't sound like anything else on Super Nintendo. And uh, there was one other game that was like the one after that. I can't. Do you remember what it was? It was something I knew. The Hobbit or? Yeah, The Hobbit. Uh, yeah, because I reviewed that for GameCube. Yeah. And um, yeah, a very overlooked game. It's actually quite good. Um, 
and uh, it's very different from the you know the Lord of the Rings games that Electronic Arts did, like the Two Towers right. and Return of the King on GameCube and PS2. Um, the Hobbit is quite different. It's um, it's it's like a Zelda-ish with platformer, right? It's more like I would say like a Banjo Kazooie than a Zelda. I mean, there was some collecting. Um, the levels were smaller. It wasn't like one big open world like Zelda. But um, it's really good. It has great graphics and really good music. In fact, the music was probably my favorite thing about the game. And I haven't looked at that review in a long time, but I'm sure if I looked it up right now, I'm sure I had a lot to say about the music because it's very unusual. There's a lot of acoustic guitar and just stuff that you don't hear very much in, in video game music. So I thought it was an excellent suggestion by um, the listener who sent that in. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember who, who it was, but I commend you for it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example of, of why we want your request because there's stuff like this that either we didn't play or that we aren't thinking of because maybe it's a lesser-known title, but that had really awesome music or something really interesting to talk about. So, um, this yeah, I week, thought the I, listeners did a nice job last episode. Yeah, I, I think so, stuff. too. Yeah. So uh, please continue to send them in. And uh, as I mentioned last time, uh, we are in iTunes now. In fact, big news, I sold my soul. I just got my first iPod ever. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. I actually was I, was I was really hoping you would invite me on RFN so I could talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's an iPod Touch. Bought it here in Japan. And, um, and so far, it's pretty slick. I, I downloaded a kanji program, so I'm going to hopefully study with that. And... Um, yeah, so I think I'm, you will uh, find that owning an iPod, you'll probably start listening to a lot more podcasts than you did before. Probably, it's really it's really nice if you're out if you're doing any kind of like manual labor or you're on a commute or something like that. I mean, music is nice. I, I, I'm a I'm a very big music fan, but sometimes you don't feel really like listening to music, and you'd kind of like to hear something more informative. And mm-hmm. that's when the addiction to podcasts begins, and it only gets worse. And this week, I let's see. After Taylor left, I had something like eighteen podcasts to catch up on, <laughs> and I've gone through about half of those so far in the past oh. four days. Well, I so, remember you were in the middle of writing me an email when you said, "Oh my God, Shadowrun!" So, yeah. Uh, so I mean, so I listen to listen them to all day when I'm at work, <laughs> when I'm at school, um, when I go exercise. I'm I'm listening to podcasts. They're incredibly addictive, and uh, I can definitely give you some good recommendations later if you want any. All right. Well, uh, what I was trying to say before I got myself on this tangent was uh, (laughs) please, uh, if you subscribe through iTunes, uh, write reviews. I know we have one review. I appreciate that a lot, whoever wrote that review. Uh, If you like the show, write a review. It helps with visibility and uh, lets me know that you guys care. And yeah. uh, if you have anything to say about this game, any of the games this week, or just general comments, we have a talkback thread. You can find it on the website. So uh, please do. You know, we check that stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, with that, let's uh, let's go on to the game. Game one.
Okay. Yeah. That was the first song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really have anything to say about it. Me neither. So... <laughs> interesting i think well what else is interesting is this question so okay. here we are how do you access the special password screen in this game
All right. That's it. No okay. more songs. Oh, what game is it? Um, My guess, and it's only a guess, is Donkey Kong Country 3. Really? Donkey Kong Country 3 had more interesting music, I think. Um, really? Oh. I, I think so. It, it just reminded me of that. That's Mario Golf for the N64. Mario... Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Mario Golf. And um, I'm not going to say it had great music. I, I like it. I think it's good music. It's very fitting for a golf game, usually. Um, I, I think, actually, the handheld games, uh, perhaps because with 8-bit, they couldn't do as atmospheric music. I think it turned out better. The, the, like, the Game Boy Color game has really good music. Um, but um, this is uh, Mario Golf for the N64, and it's one of the Mario Golf games I haven't used yet. And uh, I wanted to use it since uh, ever since the Virtual Console release, yeah. but I never got around to it. So um, Mario Golf for the N64, I, I think uh, if you're looking for like a golf sim game, it's definitely the best of the Mario Golf series, and that I guess includes like NES Open Tour, whatever it is. Yeah, and it's probably the best golf game on N64 as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's actually pretty realistic in spite of it having the Mario... Uh, franchise, it's it's you know the 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 GameCube one went a little more outlandish with uh, like pipes and stuff in the later courses, but uh, this one stays pretty true to real golf. I mean, some of the later ones uh, have kind of absurd course designs, but not like pipes, you know. Right. Um, so uh, it, it's a fun game. Uh, one thing it has that the uh, sequel doesn't have is a, a mini golf mode, which is That's a lot right. of fun for uh, for just casual play, if you just want to invite someone who's never played Mario Golf before, or a golf game before, and uh, they just want to have some fun. You know, in the, in the main game, you got to worry about wind, you got to worry about your lie, there's a lot of stuff, so the, the mini-golf game is, is really approachable and, and fun for just stupid, you know, just knocking the ball around. Um, it's, yeah, it's great. It's a lot uh, easier than, say, um, the golf in Super Monkey Ball 2 or yeah. even, I think, um, Wii Sports. Yeah, I, I think that there's a steeper learning curve with Wii Sports Golf. But yeah. uh, I, I really wish what they really should have done for the Toadstool Tour is done another mini-golf game, and this time done something more akin to what you see at like real mini-golf courses. As the uh, N64 one is pretty plain. It has basically uh, a somewhat flat area. There are hills, and so what, in the shape of like numbers and letters? Yeah, uh, I, I, I would have liked to have seen Toadstool Tour have like you know like little castles and windmills and, and things like that that you you would see in a in a real golf in a real mini golf course and I think it would have worked well with the Mario franchise. It could have done a lot of stuff, um, but they didn't. Maybe, maybe someday they will. I don't know. Uh, well, let me before we move on real quick um, and before you answer the the question. Um, right. Let me explain my reasoning for for the guess that I that I made. Um, the second song, especially, and then the third song was similar, I think. But the second song had that marimba, and mm. it also had the sort of synthy harmonica sound. And so I was kind of thinking of something maybe, you know, beach flavored or jungle flavored, maybe something like that, something tropical. Okay. And um, and and for some reason, all of a sudden, it popped in my head. Donkey Kong Country 3, and then when you said the password screen, or, you know, like, how do you access the password oh, system, okay. I seem to recall something about Donkey Kong Country 3 that the passwords, 
you kind of had to like go find a, a hidden cave where you could enter passwords or something like that. So that's true. That's kind of okay. where I went with that. But I really don't know the answer to the to the question as it relates to Mario Golf. Actually, it's pretty interesting. Um, as you might remember, uh, way back when Nintendo had this thing called Camp Hyrule. Uh, I don't think they have it anymore, do they? They don't, right? It's long gone um, the forums. It's not long gone, but I don't think they've had it the past year or two. Okay. So, uh, with Camp Hyrule, uh, they tried to have kind of themed events. And uh, something pretty clever that they did, and maybe the first example of this, and we've seen it in later games, uh, there was a password screen that's hidden. You have to uh, go to some place in the menu, and you hold L and R on the controller and push Start on, on top of the Clubhouse option. And uh, it brings up a password screen. And really what it is is it's a, uh, you enter in a password that's already been programmed in uh, that unlocks like a tournament mode. And it's kind of like tournaments you've seen that's in right. maybe Mario Kart Wii. I'm sorry, Mario Kart Wii. Um, so you enter it, and then you play your round, and you can't stop in the middle like you can with the main game. Uh, you have to play it all the way through. And uh, I think maybe you have a specific character, so everyone's on a level playing field. And whoever does, you know, when you're done, you get a password back. And you enter that on the website, and it's, oh, well, you got whatever, minus three on the tournament. And here's your standing on online ranking board. Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool for the time, and, and it's something I guess Nintendo has is basically used moving forward. Uh, that's essentially what, what I think they do with uh, Mario Kart Wii. That's right. Yeah, I'd totally forgotten about that feature, but now that you mention it, I, I do remember... Um, when that was announced, and thinking, well, that's actually pretty cool, you know, that they yeah. would do something like that. It was, it was like a very early example of Nintendo doing something sort of with online tournaments yeah. that seemed very un-Nintendo, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah it was a really cool hidden feature in that game. Yeah, that's really yeah, cool. You... I just totally forgot about it until you, until you reminded us. Okay. Now you can uh, you can find at least some of the passwords on GameFAQs. So if you want to check out the feature, if you own a copy of it, either uh, on the N64, or I assume it still works on on the virtual console release. I don't see um, why it wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, so you can check it out. Obviously, I don't think that the leaderboard's still around from Camp Hyrule, but uh, it's still an interesting feature that you may want to check out. So, mm -hmm. so with that, let's uh, let's move on to the next game.
Waltzy. Yeah, that I know what that sounds like, but I need to hear more. definitely not what I thought it was before. Okay. But well, I don't know what it is now. <laughs> Okie dokie. This game famously incorporated a special chip. What are three other games released in North America that used this chip? Wow. It's a big hint. Thank you. 
All right then. Yeah. Have you figured it out based on the hint in the quest? Um, I'm pretty sure it's Star Fox. Yeah, it is. It's Star Fox. Okay. Yeah, it that makes a lot of sense because my first inclination on the first song was that it sounded like a Metroid game. Hmm. And I was pretty sure that it wasn't, but that kind of made me think that it was definitely like a first-party Nintendo title. Right. You know. Right. Um, and then the second song sounded totally not Metroid, even though it was using a lot of the same instruments. Right. And then the question in the third song just nailed it. Right, right. You know. Well. That was for sure. What can I say? I made it easy. Um. Yeah, but the question, you made that hard, and I'm having a really hard time thinking of three others. I know, um, Stunt Race FX. Right. Used the FX chip. And I know Yoshi's Island did Super Mario World 2. Um, the third one, I'm having a hard time on, and the only thing I can think of is Vector, but I don't think that came out in North America. Okay, so um, you're kind of off. Um, uh, Yoshi's Island used the FX2, and I, I, made, I said... Oh, so that doesn't count. It doesn't, doesn't count in my, in my book, um, although I'm sure a lot of people were thinking Yoshi's Island. Um, but honestly, I, I made this really hard. I ex- kind of expected people to use game uh, Wikipedia to find the answer. Um, <laughs> but but I figured I could make it hard because the game was pretty easy and the, and the question kind of gave it away. Because I think Star Fox is the only game everyone kind of recognizes. Oh, yeah, that uses the FX chip. Um, well, I guess Stunt Race FX has FX in the title. But um, the other games are Vortex, uh, which I think was also made by... Argonaut. Oh, that's what I meant instead of Vector. Yeah, yeah I got the name wrong. But yeah. Vortex is the one I was thinking of. So that did come out in North America because yeah. I wasn't sure. I'm pretty sure it did, yeah. Um, okay. It's fairly obscure, especially for a, you know, like a Nintendo-published game. Um, yeah. You don't hear much about Vortex on Super Nintendo. Well, but was it Nintendo-published? It's, it's okay. Was it Nintendo-published? Was it published by Nintendo? Um, I'm not sure. I'm almost certain that it was. If it used the FX chip, I'm almost certain. Well, um, Dirt Tracks FX, which is the third one, was published by Acclaim, so... Whoa, you're blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. I've never even heard of Dirt Tracks FX. There's probably no reason to, but it did come out in America, and it did use the FX chip, so uh, there was there was some way for publishers and developers to license the FX chip from either Argonaut or Nintendo or both, I'm not sure what the legal arrangement was, but uh, yeah. Uh, obviously, it didn't catch on, though. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. That's very interesting, actually. That's really cool. So, uh, yeah, y- Yoshi's Island uses the FX2 chip. I think there might be one or two others. And it, it was pretty much the same chip. I think maybe it had a higher clock rate and a few more tweaks to like the clock, uh, the pin layout or something. I don't know. But, yeah, so... Um, Star Fox. Let's see. I, you know, I can't say I'm a big fan of the SNES Star Fox. I, I know it, it kind of has a special place in history. It, it set the stage for Star Fox 64, which I think is a far better game. And it has, I, and, and has far better music, in my opinion, too. Um, there, there are a few good songs in Star Fox for the SNES, but uh, N64 still has the best music. Um, that, and, and the thing is with the DS game, which kind of gets back to Star Fox's roots. Uh, what is it? Star Fox... Uh, can't remember the subtitle, but the the one that was developed by was it Q, Q Games? 
yeah, yeah Q games. games, and uh, those have a lot. Of, that's a lot of the people that were originally uh, part of original Star Fox, right? Or at least some of them. Um, not a lot. Um, One or two people. Okay. Yeah. Well, I felt, it, like... and it was produced at the. the the, the first party producer, in other words, the guy who actually works for Nintendo and oversaw the development to make sure it was an authentic Star Fox game, he did work on on all of the mm-hmm. original Star Fox games, like Star Fox, Star Fox 2, Star Fox 64. Okay. So, um, you know, it had that um, pedigree as well. Sure. But yeah, there are a couple people at Q Games, particularly Dylan Cuthbert, mm. who is uh, kind of the head honcho there, um, who, did, who were involved with... Um, the original Star Fox. All right. So it's kind of sad for me to see uh, Star Fox is getting better, but it's getting closer to its SNES counterpart in terms of kind of feel. Uh, and I'd rather get close to the N64 one, which was made by Nintendo, because <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going yeah. backwards to aim for the the SNES game. Um, because yeah. the the soundtrack for the the DS game sounds a lot more like the SNES game, in my opinion, than. Uh, and uh, obviously, DS is capable of N64 style soundtracks. So, um, so I don't know. You know, I, they've got to be working on another Star Fox game. And I guess the 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 common not, common wisdom would say that Q Games is working on the next one. Um, but um, I don't know. I know Q Games is working on a DS game, um, which leads me to think that it's probably not. It's probably not Star okay. Fox. Well, because I, I don't think they would make another one already. But yeah, you know, I, I have this cra- crazy theory, and if I'm right, someone owes me a cookie or a coke or something. But uh, I'd really like to see uh, Goodfeel uh, develop Star Fox for the Wii. And uh, the reason, what gives me this idea is that if if you go to the uh, official Shake It website, Mario Land Shake It website, there's an interview with a lot of the folks from Goodfeel, and. Um, in the beginning of the interview, they talk about how they originally like, wanted to do a shooter. And I don't know what kind of shooter they were talking about. They said a shooter. And uh, Nintendo, ba- they said, like, basically Nintendo came to us and said, no, you're making a platformer. Um, <laughs> but if they want to do a shooter afterwards, maybe Nintendo would say, okay, well, let's do a shooter together. And, uh, so I, and since uh, Treasure, who's another company I would figure would be good for Star Fox, is working on Sin and Punishment 2, which is honestly a lot like Star Fox anyway um, yeah uh, I'm thinking maybe Goodfield's working on on Star Fox or at least it was considered but uh, it's a crazy it's funny you haven't heard this yet but in the the episode of RFN that we that I recorded right before we started this um, I made the very bold prediction that Retro Studios is working on the next Star Fox for a week <laughs> okay so whose horse do you want to bet on <laughs> yep. watch you're going to give it to Namco either one again. would be fine with me but yeah <laughs> Yeah, so my prediction is retro. That, that would be a good choice too, absolutely. Uh, although I fear that if it was given to retro, there'd be more of a desire to do on foot missions. Um, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Okay. I'd be afraid they'd make it a first person <laughs> flying gamers. No, I'm just kidding. I think retro would be a, would would do a bang up job. On it. Yeah. And they obviously have a, a pedigree of shooters, sure. and um, they also have a reputation for rebuilding. Um, or you know, or bringing old franchises into the new era in a kind of a drastic but successful way. So, okay. I think they would be great for it. All right. Well, look. and you know, they're an American studio um, working on uh, you know who, who could work on a game that is kind of was always sort of geared for the American audience. Yeah. I mean, um, 
or not not even American, but Europe, European as well. Western you know, just Western yeah. audiences. I mean, the like I, like we just said, the original Star Fox included um, several gaijin, um, if I may use that term, um, which was un very unusual for a first-party Nintendo game. It it was kind of the first game I think made in-house at Nintendo that included Westerners on the development team, and. Um, some of them went on to form a studio called Argonaut, which I don't even think exists anymore. Um, and uh, some of them, you know, uh, one of them was Giles Joddard. I think he worked on Star Fox, and he went on to do some other things, 1080 Snowboarding, right, right. Um, Doshin the Giant, and then Dylan Cuthbert. You know, now he's working on things like Pixel Junk Eden. So um, it, was, uh, it was a Western franchise in many ways from the beginning, you know. And you can see if you play it, it's, like, it's kind of obvious, wow, this is... You know, this seems more Western than the typical Nintendo games. Yeah, so I think Retro would be a good fit for it. I I agree with you there. So uh, watch us both be wrong and NST develop it or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to know what the hell the NST is doing lately. That's for sure. Okay. So that was Star Fox, and let's move on to the third. Did I answer the question? Yes, I did. So let's move on to the third game. Uh, this one was selected by a listener.
Well, it's very familiar, but I can't put my finger on it. Okay, so then here's a question that will not help you. <laughs> Great. Awesome. What special item can you find in Greece? Oh, that does help. Really? Biatch! song yeah all right so you seem pretty confident what game is it well it, the grease thing definitely helped narrow it down um, it could be a couple of different things but judging by the Capcom nature of the music I'm going with Strider hmm no you're wrong but I, I'm I don't think you're anyone's gonna get this game really I, I'm not sure how well known it, it is the only other thing that would make sense to me would be Battle of Olympus yeah, I mean, this is a game I hadn't even heard of until it was requested. So, uh, the game is Golgo 13, Top Secret oh. Episode. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah, I I've heard of it. I mean, I, I used to read about it in Nintendo Power, but I definitely never played it. I don't know that much well, about it. Well, wait a second. This Except apparently you, like, got laid in the game yeah, or something. Yeah, this was in Nintendo Power? Th th that's, a new, yeah. th that's a new angle on the, wow, I'm amazed this game came out in America. Um, because uh, this game is most well known for uh, it's kind of risque for the time uh, themes. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, there you do get laid. I mean, it isn't explicit, but uh, what happens is like I guess at the end of some chapters or maybe every chapter, it's kind of a spy game, and you know, as part of the whole spy, there's you know the, the femme fatales, and, and you meet them in the hotel room, and then uh, there's like a silhouette you can see. Uh, from the window outside of them basically kissing <laughs> and then it goes blank and when you wake up your health is replenished so <laughs> <laughs> it works pretty much like uh, Grand Theft Auto right? yeah so this this game had it way 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 earlier and um, what's more this game actually shows blood uh, and you're, you're an assassin I think for the uh, localization they change it to spy but you're going around killing people so there's little splatters of, of blood when you shoot guys 
which for the NES era is pretty shocking. And uh, that is well, quite unusual what, for an NES game to have blood. Yeah, and what's more, uh, in the Greece level, um, the part there are different aspects to the game as I understand it. There's like maze sections where it's kind of like a dungeon crawler where you kind of have a pseudo 3D view and you go left, straight, or right. And then there are areas where it's kind of a side scroller shooter. Um, and in uh, these side scroll shooters, one of them is Greece. If you go, I think, right, and then you go back to the beginning, you find a pack of, of cigarettes. And if you walk over it, uh, your character will pick it up and, and smoke a cigarette. Um, How do you know this? Did you play this? No, no, did I, I, did, I did some research on this before. Before. Okay. No, I've never played it. But those I, are pretty detailed instructions on how to find this pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know what to say. It, it was interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, just amazing that this stuff is in an NES game. Uh, maybe it's a later NES game, mm-hmm. I guess. But still, um, I don't know if if it was all like, I don't know if it was like someone's last day on the job as censor at Nintendo, or. <laughs> Just like fuck it. Well, <laughs> or maybe it was all relative because apparently in the Japanese version, the the stories about the resurrection of of the Nazi par- party and there was a there was a whole Whoa. so there was a whole lot of stuff to, to censor and change. So maybe some <laughs> yeah. of this just sort of slipped through the cracks, considering the scale of the thing. I, supposedly, there you can see a swastika here and there, and some of the artwork that didn't get changed still in the U.S. version. So yeah, so. Yeah, so the, the, I'm amazed that this game came out, and even more amazed that it was featured in Nintendo Power. Um, although maybe at, in the day, uh, almost every game was featured in Nintendo Power. I don't know. Yeah, um, pretty much. So I mean, that's just crazy. That, that I mean, you hear all these stories about you know severe censoring of like things like in Castlevania or whatever, where where little things have to be changed, and here this game comes out with uh, things that I am surprised are in the game. So so that's Golgo 13. I really don't know much about the gameplay, um, aside from what I told you. Um, but uh, it's an interesting pick. I, I, it was picked by Steve, and uh, I hope I said everything he was hoping I would say about the game. Uh, I, I didn't <laughs> play it, so this is as good as I could do. Um, yeah. So uh, let's go on to the next next game. But I have a lot of requests, but a lot of them for one from one or two people. So. Uh, I do encourage you guys to, to send your requests. Uh, you can find a link uh, to fill out form on the on the main page for the podcast. I'm sorry, not the main page, the uh, episode page. Or you can email me at typ at nintendoworldreport.com. Um, and either one will get to me and uh, send in your requests. Fourth game.
That was quite perky. It was. It was. I'm not perky. <laughs> At this hour, neither am I. Kind of repetitive, I know. Yeah, but audacious. I mean, <laughs> that was uh, some pretty wacky music. Yeah, it just sort of builds and then kind of fades away. Yeah. So here. I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed unusually experimental to me. Uh, you may you may kind of understand when you find out what game it is. Okay. So, this release holds what historical significance? Uh, actually, I'll qualify that. What historical significance for the publisher? ideas? I really don't have any idea. Can you can you even figure out what what platform this is on? Uh No. Yeah, exactly. Uh this is a I think a <laughs> launch game, Game Boy Advance game. Um Oh. And uh um ooh, significance for with that extra clue, I'm trying to think if I can figure out what it might be. Um no, I still don't know. So, okay, all right. This is uh, actually... Uh, I chose this game primarily for one purpose, and so I'll, I'll tell you what the game is by playing 
Klingelana play. I don't I don't know if you remember nice. that that commercial. But uh <laughs> No, I don't remember that commercial because I don't live in Japan. Oh, it was it was um, it was highly linked over here in the time. Uh yeah. That was for the Dreamcast version of Choo Choo Rocket. This is the Game Boy Advance version uh-huh. of Choo Choo Rocket. And uh if you can find the commercial on YouTube, it's it's pretty funny. It's it's kind of a black and white scribble drawing. Uh, is the animation for for this commercial, and it's about like a cat coming and a giant cat trying to eat rats, and then uh, they go in his mouth, and then they come out in a rocket, like in in the whole cat explodes. Oh, that sounds awesome! <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, so hunt, hunt it down with the with the video. It's probably on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> so I think I might know the uh, the answer to the question now that I know that it's true sure. rocket advance. Sure. Um, was this the first game that uh, Sega released for a non-Sega platform? Oh, uh, you got it almost right. They had released games for the Neo Geo Pocket Color in the past. Uh, so it's actually yeah, the first okay. one for a Nintendo system. Um, yeah, at first I thought that too, and then I realized, oh wait, there was that Sonic game for, for the Neo Geo Pocket Color that was kind of a... Wow, a, I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so they, they really tried to avoid going to Nintendo for as long as they could. Uh, and then, yeah. and then they caved in. Um, so yeah, Choo Choo Rocket was uh, a game I never really got into. I owned both the Game Boy Advance and a Dreamcast, so I had plenty of opportunities. But uh, it's kind of complicated to play. Um, it's like the the controls are a bit like um, you know, like Robotron or something. It's like you're moving the thing with one D-pad or you know or set of buttons, and then you're placing tiles with the other. Oh. And it's all very puzzly and it's very fast-paced. I only played it very, very briefly once. I found it a little hard to wrap my head around. Yeah, but I think that was my it's, experience. It's a cool idea, you know. Yeah, and uh, what they did for the Game Boy Advance version was uh, obviously it was cheap to make. It was kind of their first attempt at a Nintendo platform game, launch game. What they did was uh, they included a lot of the uh, puzzles that people had made online. Uh, if you remember, the Dreamcast version was. Like Sega's first real serious online game, and it was kind of their flagship online game, and, and you could build your own puzzles and, and upload them. Um, so, uh, once again, uh, hate to bring back the whole future of gaming, but you know, Little Big Planet, yeah, great, they do it, but Choo Choo Rocket did it a long time ago too. So, uh, <laughs> you know, not 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 to say that Little Big Planet is is bad. It's, it's I'm sure it's a great game. I have yet to play it, but I'm really interested in it. But some of the reviews that suggested it's like the future of gaming I'm like come on guys <laughs> that stuff's been done on PC exactly. long before exactly. even Sega tried exactly. it on a console so it's not yeah. anything revolutionary but it is a nice step forward in a in a in an arena like console yeah. gaming that you know had not really done it before right. so so i commend them on that so, i mean you could say that excite bike had a level editor you just couldn't not only could you not share them with other people you couldn't even save them on your own system yeah but Level editors go back a long way, yeah. and, and Choo Choo Rocket is, it's like, it's a tile-based puzzle game. It's very easy to make your own level. I mean, it's just a very natural feature to include, I sure. think. So, uh, I don't know, I guess there was a level editor on the Game Boy Advance game. I, I'd hope there was. But it, it was neat that they included user-generated content on this on this port or re-release. I don't, 
I don't know if you'd call it a port or not. Um, so it's an interesting launch game. I think it had four-player support out, out the gate as a launch title. It may have even had single car- single cartridge play. Um, I don't remember. I want to say that it probably did. So uh, yeah. you know, got to give kind of Sonic Team some props for for trying to to do all the features it should for at a launch too. So uh, a rare rare instance where I can give Sonic a pat on the Sonic Team a pat on the back. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, they were really on their game around that time. You know, they were doing. Um, um, well, they did Billy Hatcher a couple years after. Yeah, that. and the Fantasy Star. They had some good. Was, was there... They had some good GBA games. You know. Yeah. Well, the the Sonic GBA games were more dims than Sonic Team, as, as I put it. It's true. But um, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's see here. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have more to say about Choo Choo Rocket, but. Uh, like I said, I chose it primarily to play the music from the commercial. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's that much to say about Choo Choo Rocket, but it's a it's a cute little game. All right, last game, guys.
kind of ominous atmospheric music. I think I know what series this is from. Excellent. Then we'll move on. like the harmony and the strings there. Mm-hmm. So, we got so. a question here. Got a question. Mm-hmm. What does the worm turn into? Oh, whoa. What does the worm turn into?
It was pretty. It was pretty. Unfortunately, it also totally screwed up my guess for this game. <laughs> well, uh, based on the first two songs, I would have guessed a Dragon Quest game myself. I, I was leaning towards something in like a Star Wars game, like maybe something obscure like Battle for Naboo. Hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the question and the third song just totally destroyed that, so really now I have no idea. Well, it is a game you have played. I know you've played I'm, it. I'm not doubting that at all. I mean, the first song especially was very, very familiar. But it's uh it's Zack and Wiki quest for a barbarous treasure. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> it is. It is. It's uh, <laughs> so weird. Th- th- this game uh, is is has a soundtrack that's really unlike what I would have expected. Um, mm, this isn't the game. Have you played I the game? I have not. I watched you play it for okay. a fair bit uh, when I was visiting with you, but uh, it's fantastic. It, Zaku. Yes, I, I know it's really good. I, I know. I, yeah. I think I would get fed up with the puzzles, puzzles though. I, 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 you know, those styles of games, I, I have a short temper with. So um, I don't think it's a good fit for me. But uh, this is kind of another example of a Capcom game with really amazing music that is surprising, like, given what it is. Like, uh, like, the Phoenix Wright series has some really good music, especially the third one. And it's like, I wasn't expecting that. I, I think I remember we used it on Radio Trivia way back when, you were like, that was Phoenix, right? No. So, <laughs> so, I don't know. Capcom has this weird tendency to sometimes just like pull out these disproportionately awesome songs for games that you like, well, it doesn't need to have that kind of soundtrack. Why, why are you doing that? And, <laughs> and meanwhile, Nintendo yeah, is they... very stingy about using an orchestra on games that, that really should. So, right. you know, so. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny, but I mean, I'm, Capcom has this incredible consistency in how good the music in their games is. And yeah. it's just about every game they make has great music. Yeah. And, and it has been that way for 20-something years, you know? Yeah. yeah. They've really been pushing game music since, at least since the NES. Yeah, I mean, like DuckTales and, uh, and Mega Man and what else? I mean, like DuckTales... Like, you Bionic think... Commando has great music. Yeah. But I mean, like the licensed games, like, well, most people don't put in that much effort in a licensed, licensed right. franchise. All the Mickey Mouse music. games have uh, really good music that yeah. they made. You know? It's crazy. Uh, I mean, Rescue Rangers yeah. has great music. Well, Capcom's composers take things real seriously, I guess, and that's good. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I hope they so. get paid well. They're awesome. Yeah. So, so Zach and Wookie, I, I don't own it, but you have it. Uh, I mean, is, is there any. I mean,. I don't know. I, kn- I know that you played it some uh, with your girlfriend. And I mean, is there anything you really want to say about it, or has it been talked to death in previous RFs? Is, is that the problem? Talked about it plenty on on the yeah. other podcast. On this yeah. one, I don't think we've ever mentioned it, but um, it is still, um, I think, by far the best point and click game on um, on Wii. And well, I haven't played the Strong Bad games because I don't care about Strong Bad, and I think they're they're so steeped in that kind of humor that I don't know if I could enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. but um, Zack and Wiki is absolutely beautiful. It has some of the best graphics on the system, clearly some of the best sound on the system. Um, the controls are really excellent, although I have some problems with the way you move the character, but in terms of like the motion controls, they're actually really, really good, mm-hmm. and um, the puzzles are ingenious, although 
almost intentionally frustrating, I think. I mean, Zack and Wiki is designed so that you almost have to play the levels over and over and you just fail, you know, here yeah. and you fail here and you fail here and you just sort of almost learn by trial and error in some cases. But it is really satisfying when you do it correctly. And I found that, like, as I get towards the end of the game, like the last couple missions, I almost have given up because it's gotten so difficult. I just almost go to game facts and just read yeah. how to do it. And even then, actually just doing it, even though you're not figuring the game out anymore, it's still really entertaining just to watch what happens. Hmm. So I think it's, as a, as a complete package, easily one of the best Wii exclusives. Easily one of the best third-party games on Wii. Um, it's uh, and, and it's been out for quite a while, and I, I still think it... it you know, it, it holds all of those um, trophies. So, um, cool. It, unfortunately, I don't think we'll ever get a sequel to it, even from Capcom, and they are known for creating sequels to just about everything. But it sold so poorly. Yeah. I mean, I didn't pick it up till it was twenty dollars, and that's brand new. <laughs> well, um, I picked up Dragon Quest Eight brand new for twenty bucks. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was after it had sold ten million copies around. I'm not in America. He did not. <laughs> uh, I don't think Dragon Quest Eight sold all that well in America, but yeah, point taken. It sold decently well in America, but trust me, they don't. They didn't need America for that game to be to be a big deal. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I mean, um, I... yeah, Zach and Wiki is great, and if you have any affection whatsoever for you know PC so-called PC style point-and-click adventure games, old LucasArts stuff, Grand Fandango, Maniac Mansion. The Sierra Online stuff like King's Quest or Space Quest or Gabriel Knight, um, Sam and Max, you know, either the original or the uh, the episodic version for PC and, and Wii. Um, I think Zack and Wiki is up there with the best of them. It's a little different in, in some ways, but it's definitely a product of, of those kinds of games. And, uh, and uh, it's a very, very clearly made specifically for the Wii, and it, it uses the Wii's features in a lot of very clever and very very good ways very mm -hmm. um, appropriate ways not not um what's the word i'm trying to gimmicky not gimmicky yeah not gimmicky right very natural yeah it yeah. uses them in very reasonable very w ways that actually make you glad that they did it you know mm -hmm. so i guess that's what i'm trying to say sorry what, it's what? late and it's okay. What, what, what else has Capcom done for for Wii? I'm kind of blanking. I know they did Mega Man Nine, but much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it seems like if they, if they have this really good uh, technology for you know gestures, uh, it seems like they should really be I don't know using that in another game. But yeah, I mean they're they're publishing this game Spyboards that's being developed in America, I think, and um, supposedly they've got a couple things for 2009. I mean they're porting Dead Rising, although I don't think that's going to turn out to be very interesting, the Wii port of it. Um, they've released a couple things here and there, but nothing really all that impressive or inspired except Zack and Wiki. And a lot of people think that because Zack and Wiki sold very poorly, um, they just don't care anymore. You know, They'd rather just take the... I mean, they did Resident Evil 4 Wii Edition, which was a, an excellent right, version right. of that game. Easily the best version of that game. Sure. Um, so it it's not like much... they've been totally lazy throughout. They did, uh, they did the, they did the Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles, which I guess is okay. pretty good. I haven't yeah, played it yet, but I actually I have it from GameFly. I haven't put it in yet. 
so I'm looking forward to trying that. I've heard it's pretty good. But yeah, overall, their Wii efforts haven't been all that great, especially compared to the stuff they've done for Xbox 360. Um, they're widely considered one of the best publishers on Xbox sure. 360, which is weird because I'm not sure that they released a single game for the original Xbox. <laughs> um, may, maybe like some Capcom versus SNK2 version, but um, on the 360, they've been very much at the forefront of third-party support, and they've done an excellent job. And they just haven't done that for Wii, and um, I'm not sure why. I don't really get it. But I'm nodding. You can't see. I'm nodding. <laughs> um, I just realized that. All right. So uh, I don't think we answered the question. So what does the worm turn into in Zack and Wiki? Oh, the worm. Yeah. Well, the snake turns into the grabber um, mechanical arm. The worm. Uh, yeah. Do, and does it turn into like a hook or something like that? And I hope that James, this is from uh, James Charlton, because he was uh-huh. originally going to do this with me. But um, it turns into a straw, I guess a, drink, a drinking straw maybe? Does that make... What? Uh-oh. Uh-oh, is this question wrong? Well... I just don't remember there being a worm in the game, period. But maybe I'm just not remembering it very well. Okay. There, there are a lot of animals, and basically you you ring the bell. Um, you, you ring... Wiki turns into a bell when you wave the controller, and it rings. And if you ring it near an enemy, the enemy turns into some useful item. I see. And this is, this is a very large part of the gameplay. And so it's always exciting when you come across a new kind of animal. I mean, some of them can even kill you if you get too close, but primarily they're there to solve puzzles with. They, they give you tools that you can solve puzzles with. But the worm, I don't remember a worm or a straw. So... Well, there's a worm maybe. definitely in the game facts, so I'm, I'm trying to find if, if the game facts uh-huh. says what it turns into. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Maybe there's one level with a big pool of water, and maybe use the straw to, like breathe while as like as a snorkel but if it is that has to be like the only place in the game where you find the worm it's definitely not one of the more common um animals that you come across but maybe there is you know that might be a level that my ex-girlfriend played while i was here on the computer (laughs) doing something so i don't know anyway okay i'll take your word for it (laughs) don't take my word for it it isn't even my answer I'll take yeah. I'll take James Charlton's word for it. <laughs> All right, and if we're wrong, you can you can mention it in Docback. Um, there you go. Give you a reason to go to the forums. Yeah, there you go. So uh, thank you for hosting. That this is our last game. So uh, uh, this was it. I'm I'm sorry we didn't we want another uh, another span of period where it was like three weeks without a radio trivia. I really apologize, but uh, that's what happened, and uh, I really kind of owe you an extra episode, but. Uh, We'll see what happens, guys. Um, thanks for hosting, John. You're in debt. You're in podcast I'm, debt. I'm in podcast debt, yes. It, hey, com- compared to some of the crap we've pulled on Radio Free Nintendo lately, I think you're considered the reliable one. <laughs> All right, then. The so standard check- is low, sir, and you are exceeding it. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. So uh, check out RFN. It's also on iTunes. I'm sure you already listened to it, but if you don't, please do. Uh, got a it's a lovel- good show. It's a good show. We've got a lovable, it's a uh, a lovable uh, Greg from. Is he from? What part of it? UK is he from? England. 
Is it England? Okay. I wasn't yeah. sure. And, He's uh, definitely not Irish or Scottish or Welsh. You would know if he was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Fine. He's they English. all sound quite quite different, although they are small countries and quite close together. They all are have quite distinct accents. Yeah. All right then. Even I mean, actually, there are almost as many dialects just within England as there are within America, which is astonishing if you consider the relative geographies. Yeah. But um, yeah, Greg is from so fairly close to London. All right then, and there's there uh, and there's also that guy, whatever his name is, Johnny Metz. Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, and there, there are even a couple other people, and we have guests sometimes too. That's right. So if you don't listen to it, listen to it. Uh, it's easily found. Uh, just type in Radio Free Nintendo in the search feature in iTunes, or uh, find it on our website in the podcasts, and mm-hmm. uh, and check it out because uh, it's always entertaining. So thank you. Yeah, welcome. We try, we try. So, uh, with that, uh, Johnny's exhausted from two podcasts in a row, and uh, mm-hmm. among I'm not other things. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, take care. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yep. Bye, bye. Mario Golf is copyright 1999 Nintendo Camelot. Star Fox is copyright 1993 Nintendo. Golgo 13 Top Secret Episode is copyright 1988 Victokai Saito. Choo Choo Rocket is copyright 2001 Sonic Team. Second Wiki Quest for Barbarossa's Treasure is copyright 2007 Capcom.